Tired of boring news? Fatuous facts? Ever heard of a snake worm? Butt science? Food crime? Estonian sports? Spanish art restoration? No facts. Just questions. Person in person. A news show. Subscribe. Please and thank you. All right. Let's let's not dilly-dally. All right. <clears throat> Too late. Yeah, no. Too much dilly-dally. We've me, done dilly and dallied. <laughs> it me. Both dilly and dally. <laughs> Welcome to Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in rosé. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed reporting live from his own apartment. <laughs> Just kidding. He's in the middle of the ocean. It's Tim Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> almost had me. I was almost real excited. And yeah. now I'm being nibbled on by a tiger shark. What the actual fuck? Delicious. Uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah. okay. I'm a little sleepy, but I got my coffee, so hopefully that'll kick in about I, halfway through the session. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I just finished a 24-ounce uh, uh, iced coffee from Wawa because I mowed the lawn today, so I'm sore and sleepy. Um, oh, yeah. I mowed my lawn too. Maybe that's why I'm sleepy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I don't have a lawn. Yeah. We have an HOA, which means that we do have somebody who cuts our lawn, but not really. <laughs> Every couple of, although I found that the HOA does in fact cut our lawn and exclusively uh, over the last year, they are just like super diligent about it because it's always during meetings, always during meetings. <laughs> like I come back from... For for months, it would be like, do these guys even do anything? And I've realized that they do, but it's like they're 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 going through the roof with it uh, now that everybody's working from home. That's that's like my township. Uh, I live right next to a public parking lot, and they decide to mow the lawn at seven o'clock in the morning as soon as the noise curfew was over. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right, it's not against the law. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Love st- good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Welcome to the Brose Podcast, though, to you, the gentle listeners. Available, as always, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and tune in among the and many fine podcasting platforms that you can find our show. Uh, the premise of our program, and I did find the bell recently, is right here. To answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything, that is the premise of our show. We do it all while enjoying a delicious glass of rosé. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer or riff on or consider on the air, you want to email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. But first, before we get to those questions, let's discuss what we are drinking. Tim Hansen. I am drinking Relax. Uh, I don't know who makes it, but it is like, this completely opaque bottle mm-hmm. and Martha just grabbed it off the shelf and I said, okay, uh, some Spanish rosé, blah, 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 words, blah, blah, blah. It's very sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's in the wheelhouse of sweet I like or sweet that's just little overpowering, but mm-hmm. sweet and fruity. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Sweet and fruity. I do like that, that opaque bottle, though. It's cool. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cool. Probably keep it for Maybe. something. Maybe she's just trying to tell you to relax, and that's why she bought it for you. Just like, chill, bro. 
Maybe. And if it doesn't work in the next sessions, another one that just called calm the fuck down. <laughs> Tim, yeah. where'd your bottle go? I cracked it yeah. over my own skull. <laughs> Tim, what are you drinking? It's a uh, slow your roll, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we gotta take these names down for when we own our own uh, a vineyard, and just all, all all of them, or everybody has to chill the fuck out. Yeah, uh, yeah. So from chill out vineyards, uh, Rich, what are uh, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking um, uh, Vin de Provence Axe. I think I don't really know how to pronounce. Are you fucking a- kidding I- me? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are adorable. <laughs> All right, go in on this together then. What are uh, your guys' thoughts on Axe Body Spray Rosé? It's not that. It is is, uh, the Axe of Rosé. I don't like the flavor of it at all. I was was just trying to decide if I liked it. I'm like, I really (laughs) think I just don't like it. It's not as offensive as Huevos. Like it does, it's not making me physically ill, but I do not like it. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably grow into it the second or third episode, but like. But it's just. Really bitter and not very sweet, but I don't know. It, it might also be. This is not to be clear that this is not a like an actual Axe body spray shoot. It's spelled A I X. Yeah, it's like, not actually like, Axe. like Axe on Provence. Yeah, because that's where it's from. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and it might just be the combination of coffee and wine that I'm currently drinking mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Where does it say it's from? Uh, uh, uh Axe on Provence. Okay, so it's more of like a. An, I I just googled how to pronounce it. It's closer to like X than it is Axe. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but we're like, Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Americans. He's we, we already compared Provence. it to body spray, so we're already not far off by just mispronouncing it entirely. Yeah, true story. I am drinking once again berry cream rosé. Is my second bottle, as I said at the beginning of the year. My 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 sweet aunt uh, and godmother got me a a box of. Uh, rosé bottles to to get me through this year as a Christmas gift. And I'm just going through them until I have to go to the, the liquor store and get more. <laughs> uh, and so I'm drinking berry cream. Since I've described this one before, I'll actually go off. I, I, I poured a, a glass for my wife, uh, who is who is downstairs. Uh, just just go, he, She's doing some gift wrapping tonight. And was like, I'm going to try some of that. And uh, she, which is interesting because when I tried this before, I thought this was a very sweet rosé. And she drank it was like, oh, this is dry. Like she, the dryness came to her first before the, the the sweetness of the fruit flavor. She's like, it's very dry, and it reminded her of just a standard white wine, which she likes. Uh, but because I had told her it was sweet beforehand, she was like, what are you doing to me? Like, it's a dry <laughs> rosé. You lie. Uh, yeah, you liar. <laughs> a lying liar. Uh, but so I, I'm a fan of berry cream. Of uh, of the, uh, the of the three that my aunt got me bottles of, I think this is, uh, I think this is probably my favorite one. So nice. uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying this throughout the evening. All right, Tim, you have our first round of questions. No, I don't. (laughs) Okay. It's not not me. I didn't do it. Oh, sure. All right. Okay. Well, how about you do us a solid and read the questions for us? (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, Okay. First question. How would you describe your mother? Your mother. Say Say out of your mother for me. Damn it. (laughs) Beat me to it (laughs) by just a second. Uh... Let's see. How uh, does anyone have one that jumps off uh, to them? How would you describe your mother? Your mother. Your mother. She's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And I think you've all met my mother, so I think you can all co- co- corroborate that she's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your mom is a very yeah. She's like a like she's one of those people like she was born to be a grandma. 
Yeah, mm, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, she she she's so excited to be a grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like that's why she had kids was to become a grandma. Mm. That's all. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I kind of wish my sister was down here so I could ask her what she would think in recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> this open floor. Um, so it's interesting. So. <laughs> I, I'm very carefully considering this because I know for a fact my mother is a habitual listener of this podcast. <laughs> so it, it, no matter what, there's going to be a, a a surgeon's precision level of analysis on on what I say about this. But I will say this very genuinely. My mother is one of the most thoughtful people on the planet and considers everybody's feelings to a fault, I think, uh, but, but is very considerate of everyone's feelings around her, whether she's planning an event, uh, sending a gift, uh, just having a conversation with somebody. Um, and, uh, as she, as, as a person, as far as her person now, that's, that's what I appreciate about her is that she's just super considerate of all angles, all persons, all perspectives, all everybody's feelings on everything. Um, even if she doesn't agree with somebody or does not, you know, like if somebody, like if she's throwing a party for something and somebody has a, a weird I don't know, like a, like a weird request or a weird need or something like that. She will cater to it. Like she will just bend over backwards to figure out a way to make sure that everybody is happy. Um, as far as her personality, I, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was like food and like what food I compare <laughs> my mom to. And it's granola. Like she's just <laughs> a hearty person. Uh, all of her activities, like she's, she's, she's very compassionate. Her, her desire to be active and compassionate at all times um, really comes out in her activities. Like she enjoys working out. She's a big orange theory person. She does a lot of, of animal rescue. Like she, when she lived in Kentucky, she recently moved back to Pennsylvania, but when she lived in Kentucky, she, she, or one of her weekend activities, um, with her girlfriend, Kath was to transport animals who were being adopted, like, you know, from one place to another. So she'd be like, all right, this weekend, I'm just going to be here. I'm going to pick up this animal who is, who was, uh, being held in a shelter in, you know, Tennessee and is being transported to, you know, someplace in Kentucky, I'm gonna go pick them up and take them through this leg of the journey. That was her, that was her activity. And it, it, it takes a big heart to do that. <laughs> uh, and she takes in, she, she's adopted a few animals over the years and all of them tend to have this, like they're either old or, or sickly or something. And I would not be able to do this because I just be like, Oh, it's, it, you're just taking in an animal who's, who's suffering and who's not going to be around for much longer. I don't know if my heart could handle that. And hers can somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, she's, she is a, a super empathetic person who is also like on a constant quest for betterness. And I think that's the best way I can describe her. Um, yeah, I think that'd be, and also I learned how to make pancakes from her. So, I mean, like, <laughs> like really fucking good pancakes, man. <laughs> now, now, now I'm trying to figure out what kind of food my mom would be. Like, <laughs> Dude, for some reason, like granola with like yogurt chips is like okay. the, the ideal thing. I was going to say, there's not enough sweetness in there. Your mom is super sweet. But <laughs> like, all like... of those other things you described is also 100% accurate. Yes. Yo- it's like it, with the yogurt chips because the yogurt chips add sweetness, but it's also it's it's not just straight up chocolate. You're still getting a little bit yeah. of that health food, young man. It's not over the top. It's like wholesome. It's exactly. Like- it's like, yeah, yogurt it. chips and raisins. I, uh, like, like right now, I'm thinking for my mom, at least, lasagna. 
<laughs> Definitely. That's a good one. Italian feeds everybody. It's Italian feeds everybody. Make sure you have way too much than you need. <laughs> um and just like make sure that everything's there for everyone. Right. Uh and we'll go we'll break her back to help everyone before helping yourself. Uh, Sean, how would you describe your mother? Uh, this is bad because you were so nice about your mom. And I, I, like the first thing I thought was like my mom. Drag her. <laughs> my no, mom. No, no. So my mom seems very severe and scary when you meet her because she is a she is maybe one of the most like when you picture an empowered woman. Like I think of my mom because she's like so. Like she knows what she wants. She's she refuses to wait in line. Like whenever mm-hmm. whenever she sees a line, she always goes to the front of it just to make sure that she's not waiting in it for no reason. Mm-hmm. She's like sheep wait in line. <laughs> she just like goes right <laughs> to the front. And sheep, but, <laughs> but she's but she's like she's like very scary and and it seems and she seems like she seems very hard. But she has this like really she's very emotional and very like. It's easy for me to forget that the things that I do have an impact on her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like she really appreciates like small gestures, like calling her and things like that, like just out of the blue. But mm. I, it's very easy to forget that because she seems like she's so aloof sometimes. But she very much does care about those things. And she instilled in me like a very a drive to be self-sufficient in a way that uh, Mm. i really i really respect in her and she like knows all the shit and she's always been like she really kind of like what gender roles for me don't they're a little bit more uh amorphous just because she was the one who was like doing all like the carpentry work around our house and shit Mm. and like my dad like didn't touch any of that stuff like she did all like the traditionally masculine things like taking the car to the she like knows the mechanic and stuff like that and would like fix Mm -hmm. it herself if she, if she was able to, but uh, so she seems very aggressively. She seems scary. If you were to ask most people who meet her, she seems scary, but like her favorite job she ever had was when she was uh, a kid, like a preschool teacher. Mm -hmm. So Hmm. she loves kids. It's just like, she's like this, she's seemingly these disparate qualities in a woman. That's just, but they all fit together in a really interesting way. <laughs> Very yeah, yeah. interesting lady. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> she's yeah. just hard. It's, to, it's, she could be hard to get to know, but she's it's worth it. So it's interesting that you mentioned the the heart, the 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 knowing the you know how to you know swing a hammer and carpentry and all that stuff, like knowing those traditional masculine tasks or whatever. My mom, my mom is the same way. Like. And my, my father, I love him very much. I'm not telling tales out of school. Uh, he's not he's not the handiest person on the planet. <laughs> no. Uh, no any, any, any skills I picked up on as far as like, you know, just, you know, learning how to tighten a bolt on a door to fix it or like, you know, just learning how to like solder anything I picked up through her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Me too. Yeah. So, so, Sean, the most important question. What food? What, what kind <laughs> yeah. of food is she? <sighs> this is hard. This is going to be a running thing for the next three sessions. Okay? I'm not coming up with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of something that's like, if, Tim, like, a, Tim, like a Tootsie Roll pop. I'm going to warn Tim real quick, because if he doesn't, we will. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I would love to hear your answer. Oh, God. All right. All right. So Tootsie Roll. Yeah, because she's, like, she's yeah, like a Tootsie Roll pop, because she's that hard exterior. But if you like get through it, you get that nice squishy inside. Yeah. I can I can I can see that. I like hmm. that. 
I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, Tim Hansen. All right. How are you going to describe your mother? My mother. Uh, I love my mom. Uh, kind of similar situation to Sean in that, like, I a lot of what you would typically be like, oh, you learned this from your dad. You learned this from your dad. Uh, my dad was out of the picture, so mom raising four kids by herself for the longest time. Uh, like, I, I learned how to install a hardwood floor when I was in second grade because <laughs> we were redoing floors and shit like that. Um, so my, my mom was very much for the very longest time a I'm not going to wait for somebody to do something for me. I will get it done. I will figure it out. Um. Uh, which has come from some rough times in her past. So like there's the good side of that. And then there's some like not some great qualities of, that have come out of that. But we're not going to dwell on those. Uh, so when it, it's been real hard for her being disabled over the last 13 years. So it, it's really hard for her to adjust from being like the breadwinner and like the head honcho who gets shit done to the. I can't really do all that much for myself, which is uh, not great for her psyche, but I love her to death. Uh, she cares about everyone, but she also sometimes thinks people are out to get her that aren't. Hmm. And not in like the crazy, everybody's out to get me, but like <laughs> certain certain things that like if you say to any other person, that it would have been like a comment and be like, she'll sometimes take that as like, oh, you fucking hate me. Cool. Thanks. But not like in the sarcastic way that we talk about sometimes, but like the legitimately tearing her apart inside mm-hmm. and won't say anything for two months. And they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So there's an element yeah. of, of paranoia, like not in the like the aliens are out there kind of thing, but like in the like just reading a comment or an action in, in the most unflattering or negative way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But still my mom still love her and i wouldn't be anywhere near as open-minded and as well-rounded not physically individual uh without her that a boy that a boy yeah all right you got to do the food thing man come you on you got to you got to <sighs> i i might have come up with one based on your description but i want to see what you say first dude I, I was thinking like pop rocks because it's just like it tastes good. It's a little sweet, and then it just like explodes in your face <laughs> in like a not pleasant way. <laughs> I, I, but then I like you're it. just like, but I love pop rocks. <laughs> All you What'd remember you is get, the first Rich? couple minutes. I, I was, I was gonna go with like a loaf of sourdough bread because she's got that hard exterior and she's been through a lot. In order to make sourdough bread, you have to do a lot of steps and a lot of processes, and dough goes through a lot of beating as well that it but it comes out to be this great thing yeah she does love a good uh bread bowl so that works there you go mm-hmm. there you go all right we did it we Say did hi it. to your mother for us <laughs> hi mom tim. we all love tim. our moms tim happy early mother's day and tim what is our next question uh our next question is are you a camping person <laughs> yeah tim i know is a camping person i used to be a camping person i haven't had to like actually camp in a long time so i don't know how i'd hold up but i i used to enjoy it and i don't know like maybe maybe like years of not doing it or like just sitting especially the last year of being in air conditioning for years just maybe like a soft (laughs) soft squishy person um so my my question is i don't know maybe (laughs) i'd be willing i'd be willing to do it again at some point 
I mean, how about from September 23rd to September 26th? You're not the first person who's brought this up to me because that's the weekend of the <laughs> rescheduled Firefly Music Festival. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That, 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 I think the biggest thing is at, a, 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 at at my age, I don't know how my back is going to hold up sleeping in, in a tent for, for six days anymore. Yeah. I, that, that's the biggest thing because it's not just like the hiking. Like if it was a day trip camping, you're just like, okay, we're going to hike and like do one night overnight and then come back. Like we're just doing like like the, the Grand Canyon, Pennsylvania or like something like that. Like, I, I think I could hold up, but like six days of like a six day camping trip might be hell on my back at this mm-hmm. point in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my back hurts sleeping on my really comfortable mattress every morning that like trying to do a alternative rock music festival. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Rich, but- Rage Against the Machine might be there. Are, really? <laughs> I, I haven't looked at the lineup. I, Lights I, out, Gorilla Radio. Like- <laughs> <laughs> The, is are they just copying last year's lineup and they're like? Well, I don't know if they're paste? actually. I don't think they've announced it yet, but I think that, like the 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 rumor mill was that they were just going to try and get a lot of because I think like the rescheduled Coachella lineup had like a lot of the same people that were on the original one or something like that. They they were just going off of what other festivals were doing. Ah, uh, well then I'm not interested because last year's lineup looked lame except for Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah, so my wife would be really into Billie Eilish. She she was very excited that Billie Eilish was on yeah. there the last time. I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, group love was supposed to be there for like the 27th t- year in a row does group love like own like a minority stake in the company like <laughs> they have to because like, they're not that good to be asked back that many times dude I, I there's only so many times i can listen to tongue tied from like from like 80 yards away while i'm like walking to go somewhere else like, yeah. like there's only so many times i can put up with that but i'd see blink again i would see blink again yeah they're timeless yeah. um rich are you a camping person uh you start talking like, about your bed, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I could probably do like a week, like a Friday to Sunday, Friday evening to Sunday morning type of thing, like just a few days. I, I and maybe like once or twice a year. I, I I'm not going to be like a, a a weekly camper or a monthly camper. I, I don't think I could get into that, but I, I could definitely do it like a few times a year at least. Mm. Sean, I hate camping. <laughs> I've done it. I don't. I don't understand the appeal. I mm. want to be inside and comfortable. I, I. If you, if that's your thing, like man, power to you. But I just can't get into it. Uh, I've gone camping like twice, maybe, and not even like real camping, like in a like cabin camping. So it's just like, and I'm, and even that's like, a, you're pushing it. Like I saw a bug. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a single bug and I lost my shit. And that was it. <laughs> like I love, I love yeah. hiking and stuff like that. Like I love being outdoors in the mm. day. <laughs> yeah. Once it hits nighttime, I'm like, all right, I need, I need my bed. Thank you. You're a single animal of any sort howling in the distance. You're like, that's it. <laughs> Peace out. For me, for camping, it's sitting around the fire and just talking about shit and and whatnot. Like yeah. that's that's also the other thing. Like that kind of drugged me down with fireflies. You weren't allowed to have open fires, so I was just like, "Well, that kind of sucks." Like that takes away all of it camping. Do, it, it it does kind of suck, and it is also a completely defensible decision oh, based on the no. number of the people that we've I, seen there. I totally oh, agree. I totally agree. There should not be open 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 fires, but. It sucks that there's no open fires. Yeah, I mean, 
It's kind of like that Steve Hofstetter joke. Like, everyone knows someone who probably shouldn't have a firearm. Everyone knows someone who shouldn't have an open fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Same yeah. thing. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, no, no, maybe not a camping trip on the horizon, except for maybe like a day. Like a yeah. day trip. Yeah. Like, a bro- a brose day trip. I think we can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where? Brose from the woods. <laughs> In a cabin. Well, yeah. Not real camping. Just, all we need to do is have Sean go back into his sunroom and we just got the birds going. That's Brose from the woods, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. On a log to my left, Mr. Rich Sweet. On a log to my right, Mr. Tim Hansen. And on an audio feed from Madden Heights, New Jersey, is Mr. Sean O'Reilly. <laughs> and Sean, who seems to be lost in the woods again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim, what is our next question? All right. Next question. Is it difficult to do what you do? I take this as work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I assume so. Um, no. No. I mean, there's some there's brain power involved, but it's not anything that cannot be learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my yeah, my way, job yeah. my job right now is easier than the than when I was working at edible arrangements because the, I don't have to deal with any customers, and that's really yeah. like that's so difficult. And, and mm-hmm. there's there's so many different ways it can go. You have to. It's so emotionally exhausting mm-hmm. to be retail customer service employee being just doing what I do. I like, I learned it. I didn't know anything about what I was doing when I started and then I learned it. It's yeah, it's not, it's not hard. It's just mine. My job is not hard. It's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, mine's like attention to detail. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's like coming through like financial documents and tax returns and everything like that. And just making sure you didn't miss anything or miss a big change or something like that. Um, There is some, you don't sp- speak directly with clients, but we do speak with sales representatives who work on behalf of clients. And the only time that can get sticky is, you know, if you work with a salesperson a couple times a year and you screw over, you, know, you, you make a decision that's quote unquote screws over one of their clients in February and they have to deal with them again in March. Uh, then it's like, hey, buddy, <laughs> sup? Uh, that's, that's the sticky part. If you can navigate that though and, and you have a good attention to detail. Uh, no, you're, I also look at any of the white collar jobs as like, look, you're not swinging a hammer. You're not in the coal mines. Like there's a, there's a cap to how difficult any of these are. Like mm-hmm. as far as like, you're not doing something that's physically taxing or anything like that. So Definitely. Yeah. And mine's the same way. Like when I started my job, I had never done this particular job before. Like it was bits and pieces of like things I've experienced for. And most of those jobs I had also never done before. They're just like, hey, you think you'd be good at this? Yeah. Fuck okay. <laughs> it. Um, so I, the, and the hardest parts of my job or things that I think would be more difficult to learn are me going beyond the scope of what my job is actually supposed to be. Like, I'm more or less just supposed to be a liaison between our supplier who sent us some garbage and our engineers who have like the specifications and like this is the test that we're supposed to do blah 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 technically i don't need to know any of that or like any of the tests to like find a root cause i don't need to be any of that i should be making engineering do all that right. mm-hmm. but uh i know it and it's just faster and easier for me to just figure these things out and the more i know the faster the investigations go and blah 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 blah, blah. so that part can be difficult to wrap your head around because chemistry and physics and science and all that jazz. But 
every other aspect of like what the root of my job is really not difficult at all. Mm-hmm. Rich, is it hard to do what you do? Um, if you can uh, copy a list of loans from one spreadsheet to another and then click an automated button, I think you can do what I do. <laughs> this is Sounds tough. Primarily most of my job. Mm. Um, now, it's not hard to do it at all, and there's people who don't understand what I do, which blows my mind. Hmm. Um, I don't know, man. So you just yeah. explained it to us right now. It's copy and paste. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's C, V, yeah. control <laughs> button. Uh, my, my supervisor doesn't use, doesn't touch his keyboard. Uh, so like he, say he gets a population of 50 loans that he has a spot check each and every one. He will go into the spreadsheet, right click, copy, right click, paste into the search bar on the program. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Like that takes slowly, inefficiently and like a douche. That takes way too long. Like a douche. Yeah. Um, (laughs) character judgments because you can't use a keyboard. It's, It's like, yeah, my job is at least currently right now what I'm doing because it still deals with COVID, it's pretty simple. If and when foreclosures start back up and they get me back on the foreclosure side, who knows what they're going to have me do. But for now, yeah, anyone can do it. And I get paid $20 an hour to do it. And I'm, I feel like I'm a little overpaid. Uh, <laughs> now, now let's, let's like consider the question. Let's say they're not, this question is not talking about our jobs. and They're talking about what we do on this, the award-winning Brose podcast. Uh, is it hard to do what we do? And my answer is unequivocally, yes. Yeah. It's impossible. And nobody should start a podcast, especially anyone competing yeah, in the no comedy talk show space. Ever. Uh, that would directly interfere with any audience, the capture that we could have. Listen, yeah. it it's taken a long time to build up my liver uh, to get to this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't 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 start a podcast. It's too hard. Just listen to this one and tell your friends to listen to this. Shares of Gatorade have increased like six thousand percent since we started this podcast. <laughs> you know, I should start keeping like Gatorade in the house for after the show. Dude, it's rough. Yeah, I, I uh, my multivitamin supply just goes uh, down the tubes as soon as it's because I my 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 post show routine is still guzzle like one of these of water the uh, the souvenir cups from yep. from Flyers and Sixers games. Uh, and then a single ibuprofen and a multivitamin. And then the next morning, I still don't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, but I, I imagine I would feel less like a disaster uh, than I did if I had not done that. It's the same for me. I'm generally sipping through one of those souvenir cups, Philly souvenir cups. And then at the end of the show, I will eat a banana oh, and, yeah. then go, and then go to bed. Yeah. Get that potassium back up in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tim, what is our next question? What are questions? I don't understand. Is that the next one? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this is great that I get to ask this question. What's the smartest thing you've ever done? Hmm. You score some easy points on this one. Proposed to my wife. Oh, oh man. man. I was waiting for it. So I was good. waiting to see who Boom. did it. Boom. Oh. Just, so just drop, drop the mic, Matt, and leave you. <laughs> Done. Just... Let's 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 exclude. Uh, you guys want to exclude that that answer? Like you know, propose to my girlfriend, propose to my whatever, wife, like, my, my wife. wife. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. do that one and just go with a different. Like the, that's that's because that's that is the answer. Sure, but, uh, we don't have the same answer. It's your right setting so, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what's the smartest thing you've done outside of that that realm? I uh, I. Eventually, after a lot of uh, 
complaints from Sean and Mary, listen to Sean and Mary, and cut out somebody from my life that we nicknamed uh, Relentless. Oh, Relentless. <laughs> Uh, there was this relentless, uh, the dark type Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I need the T on that. So, uh, as, as you know, I'm a hundred percent sure, she, or ninety percent sure, she has no idea that this podcast exists. So it's fine. Uh, there was this girl that I met uh, on Tinder. Thought she was pretty cute. Um, she happened to have a um, uh, 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 eyebrow tattoo that I believe said resilient, but Sean Ooh. and Mary thought it said relentless. <laughs> Um, so we just started nicknaming her relentless and, uh, yeah, she was, um, she was something else, uh, constantly causing me issues and problems and, um, relentlessly, relentlessly. Mm -hmm. At one point she lived at, and lived at my house for a week because she was moving back to California. Um, because, uh, she was afraid to live where she was living because the guy she was hooking up with. Uh, she was afraid of him and he knew where she lived. So she needed to get out of there. Uh, it, it was a ridiculous situation. Overall sounds like a negative force that you eventually just like, you eventually it, said no more. It, it was just, she kept, she kept taking advantage of Richie's, yeah. uh, kind heart. Yes. Yeah. And, and then, um, she eventually at one point, uh, within the past year blew up on me on Facebook. Cause I was, was posting something, and I guess she thought that I was a Republican. So she was like, how do you call yourself conservative uh, if this, that, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... Something you frequently espouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hardcore Republican. Hard right beliefs. Yeah. Uh, so, but like, I had not, I had stopped talking to her uh, at least six to eight months prior to then. Rich, I got a rule, a rule thumb that'll save you from that. <laughs> In the future, uh, face tat, run. <laughs> I have yet to meet or hear of an individual with any face tattoo that hasn't essentially been garbage. <laughs> and like Post Malone, you got a couple great songs, but like you look fucking stupid. Yeah. So I can't give you that. I, I don't trust you. you. That. I don't trust I, you, man. <laughs> I hear Post Malone is the sweetest guy in the world, though. I don't care. You're never <laughs> going to meet Post Malone. That's fine. <laughs> if he's the exception, yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Just, it was, uh, it, I, 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 trust me, I get it. I dropped the ball on my end. Um, especially around those times, uh, I was very um, indiscriminate with my uh, Tinder of just liking everyone, and she happened to like me back. So I was like, let's see where this goes. Um, I dug her for a bit, and then she was like, uh, I we went on like three dates, started to catch feelings for her, and then she was like, uh, "My ex boyfriend came around, and I'm getting back together with him." And then a week later, she told me that she lied, but she still she wanted to hang out again. I'm like, "Only as friends, though. We're not mm -hmm. doing any of that shit again." Lame. So, yeah. so Richie's smartest decision was dropping relentless. I yes. like it. Yeah, drop relentless. Was, Tim, what's the equivalent? Go ahead, Rich. I was. It was listening to Sean and Mary, and finally dropping <laughs> relentless. Yeah, yeah. correct. Tim, what's your equivalent of dropping relentless? See, that's why I laughed when I said it's funny for me to ask this question because dumb decisions are my expertise. <laughs> You've made smart decisions. Yeah, but we can't say asking my wife to marry me. Uh, we ruled that out, remember? Uh, uh, uh. Um, I would probably say leaving Wawa. Like, even though that was a very scary uh, decision at the time, 
leaving Wawa is probably the best thing I've ever done. Mm. Getting to a job that had a regular schedule, getting back into something that like had a, a, a direction, a path, even if I didn't go the exact path I wanted when I got there, everything has led me to something else that has uh, increased my own personal experience, knowledge, and moving towards something. Whereas like, if I stayed at Wawa, I was like, I, I was staying for money. But the crazy schedules, the crazy hours, the abuse of customer service because people, because largely human beings are garbage, um, would have torn me apart mm-hmm. so even though it was a super scary decision leaving wawa is probably the smartest thing i've ever done nice all right mm-hmm. how about you sean what's the smartest thing you've ever done non uh, non non-spouse cat and non-spouse category is well it was similar to rich. your spouse but not proposing it was yeah <laughs> it was it was listening to my spouse and going to therapy that's the mm. smartest thing i've ever mm. done for my mental health well, actually no going to my psychiatrist and like acknowledging that the things that were wrong were beyond the scope of let's talk it out. You know, like there are, there are things that I have that I need to talk out, but there are other things that are just a uh, symptoms of, of an illness that I have and being able to like kind of come to terms with that and look at it in that way as, and as opposed to just like, doesn't everyone just feel shitty all of the time? Right. You know? Yeah. So going to my psychiatrist was the smartest decision I've ever made because it legitimately made a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can enjoy my life. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's a, it's a huge one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly it's paid dividends for you. Um, I, it's paid dividends for me as well. Um, but I, I will say that the, the, the smartest decision, the one that I keep coming back to as far as being formative in my life, was going to Duquesne, uh, my, my, the, the college I went to, Duquesne University. And who knows? Look, I, I have no frame of reference. Maybe I would have had the same experience at any college that I went to. But going to Duquesne uh, was a life-changing experience for me in the sense that I never really lived any – I never lived anywhere for extended period of time outside of southeast PA, the Philly suburbs. Um, and obviously going and living in the city of Pittsburgh is not – you know, you know I'm – Look, we're not going and living in like India or something like a complete like left field foreign country. Um, but living in Pittsburgh was a very different experience. I was living in a city. Uh, I was living in a different part, a very different region than the very like metropolitan, you know, uh, more uh, like cosmopolitan area like Philadelphia, I guess. Um, you know, and it and also led me to experience a lot of new things. Uh, led me to uh, meet a lot of great people. Led me to meet my wife. Uh, meet a lot of great friends, including one that I currently co-host the award-winning Brose podcast with. Hell yeah. Uh, it, it led me to try a lot of new things like trying out radio and trying out journalism and trying out, uh, you know, just learning different things that I like taking economics courses and being encouraged to take basically whatever the hell I wanted while I was out there. And again, don't know if this is and, and the city of Pittsburgh is beautiful. Uh, it led me to appreciate that city and what it offers as far as culture, as far as uh, as far as a music scene, not, not as good as the music scene in Philadelphia, but still a couple of great music venues out there. Um, a lot of cool stuff to do, a lot of good places to live. Uh, I don't know if I would have had that experience in any other college, but I, I genuinely loved my experience there. And I think it, it, it taught me to learn and it taught me a lot of, it made me a more diverse and interesting person, I think. Um, and, and it led to a lot of great relationships along the way, a lot of whom, which I still, they still maintain. 
And it also confirmed my hatred for the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is the most <laughs> important thing. Those, I was waiting for sports to come in here those somewhere. <laughs> gas bag yinzers who root for Sidney Crosby <clears throat> and, and Eddie Malkin all the time. Oh, yeah, that there Roethlisberger throwing the ball down the field. Eddie Provident. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love Just, you, buddy, but my God, <laughs> if I have to hear another word about them, that, that's that's the other part of it. But uh, but. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. So I will say that that's the smartest decision I ever made was was choosing that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what do we got next? Next question. What motivates you to get stuff done? Anxiety. But <laughs> <laughs> like a little bit. That's like a little bit of a joke, Andrew. But for real, a lot of the, my motivation just comes from me being so anxious about things. Like I'm so worried when I like I'm a very much a procrastinator so it's like when my anxiety overcomes my laziness so I'm Mm -hmm. like oh I need to get this done or something bad will happen or like the dishes are so there's so many dishes I can't I won't be able to function at other parts of my life until this one thing is done Mm -hmm. so it's a lot there's a lot of me focusing my anxiety at problems (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so that's how that's not maybe not the best way to go about it, but that's where a lot of my motivation comes from. Jumping off of that, I think I think mine's also. I don't know if I have OCD. I don't think I do, but I think it's some combination of like OCD tendencies plus appreciation for my free time because I really enjoy the time that I have to just relax, you know, watch TV, hang out with my wife, play video games, whatever it is. And I feel a lot better about doing that when I know that all my, you know, my work from work is done or all my shit from, you know, all my laundry is done and all the the dishes are done and the house is clean, the cats are fed and all that. Like when all those tasks are completed, then I know it's like, hey, waiting for me on the other side is some sweet, sweet relaxation time, like like something like that. And so as far as day to day tasks, that's kind of what motivates me. Uh, The other stuff, you know, like. You know, being motivated to like edit the podcast or pursue opportunities outside of work. That's just if I'm interested in it, I'm going to pursue it. But as far as the day to day minutia, it's it's the appreciation of knowing that it's going to be very relaxing to me when it's all done. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Rich? What motivates you? Um, <laughs> I say I, I think uh, I uh, anxiety for the most part. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't want. I, I'm always like afraid people think I'm gonna like I live in a pigsty and the house is never clean enough. But at the same time, the anxiety is a double edged sword because it makes me not want to do things as well. So mm-hmm. I'm just like I'm always in that in between of this needs to get done. Why don't I just wait until this and then I can do it all at once? And then and, and it's like <coughs> I don't know. Like it's just it's hard to figure out what motivates me to get things done because. I generally don't want to do things, but if I'm having people over, like people need to know that I don't live in a mess. I got to clean this house or I got to do these chores or um, I need to know that I can eat healthier. So I got to go food shopping and get this better food um, and lose weight and whatnot. I I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) Mental illness, the official motivator of the Brose (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. What motivates you? Uh, oh, uh, there we go. So yes. when, when Sean was talking about his procrastination, procrastination, oh, procrastination. Oh. Um, when he was talking about procrastination and like 
anxiety, the anxiety aspect of it. I definitely procrastinate a lot, but it's less of the anxiety aspect of it and more the just like, yeah, but I don't want to. And it's funny because I was talking with my brother-in-law about this uh, a couple days ago in the realm of discussing ADHD and different things, but besides the point. Um, And it's not that like I am being super lazy and it's definitely not that like, oh, well, I need my anxiety to go into overdrive to do these things when I'm under the gun like that. But it's literally if I try to sit down and do it now, the amount I accomplish in two hours is pretty much nothing because for whatever reason, like uh, at some point in the next two weeks, I need to get this done, but I want to do it on day three, sit down to do it, spend two hours, get pretty much nothing done. It's not because I'm distracted. It's just like, I, I can't get it done. Like somehow there's just a block and I just end up doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I do it the day before, I need to get that done. It's not that I'm freaking the fuck out. It's just like, cool, let's get and mm-hmm. bang it out. Like it's excellent, and it's not like it's a shoddy job. And that's how all of my term papers have happened forever. And it, I think I maybe got a C once, and that's just because I didn't give a fuck <laughs> about the industrial revolution. Because mm-hmm. honestly, who cares? Um. So, like, there's a bit of that, and then when Richie was just like, I, I mean, I just don't want to do things. That I don't. I don't want to do things. I don't care. So, it's just kind of like, do I have to, or I'll do it. I just need to wait for it to be a time crunch, because otherwise, it's like, I'd rather be doing other things. So, whereas, Matt, you knock things out, because it's like, then you are comfortable doing those other things. I'm just doing those other things now. Uh and then when I have to get it done, it'd be like, all right, let's bang this shit out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really quick about the irony of Tim, uh, employee of the manufacturing industry, saying, I don't care about the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's very funny. Oh, uh, God. But I mean, that, I, that's like, I, when, when I'm thinking about like today, I had to mow the lawn. I was up at eight o'clock in the morning. And instead of like mowing the lawn at like nine or 10, mm-hmm. I didn't start till 2.30, 3 o'clock. Oh, and it was hot out by and, then. Oh, oh and I was hating myself for up, it. What a disaster! But it's mm-hmm. like I, I like I also I was waiting for my uncle to get in touch with me because he's supposed to come over and help out with something in the house. So I was like trying to fit, plan my day out to where like I'll be mowing the lawn while he's here, and uh, and then I was supposed to go and help my dad build a shed. And I was like, I just I I got overwhelmed with everything that needed to get done. That instead, I woke up, I did my normal Saturday routines of watching Godzilla and, and My Hero Academia, ate breakfast and lunch, and then mowed the lawn, because I was just like, there's too much, and I'm not just, I'm not going to do any of it until later. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good shit, man. Well, yeah. Um, Tim, we got a couple questions left, so let's let's try and knock these out. Yeah, we got we got uh, two questions and a bonus. So, let's see. What is one thing you will never do again? Talk to Relentless. Nice. <laughs> nice. There you go. <sighs> Something I'll never do again. Hmm. I don't rule a lot of stuff out. Mm-hmm. I, I, hmm. If, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
if <laughs> mine's are i already have an easy out for mine because it's already out of the 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 idea is already out of the picture regardless of me making this decision uh sleeping with somebody that i work with well yeah <laughs> i'll never do that again because one married yeah, but, but also uh, never going to do that again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess on a similar subject i also will never no, no, <laughs> uh, um hmm. if yeah. if i uh end up changing jobs out of banking i'm never gonna work in banking again all right just That's i'm not one. I'm not in it. I don't like it. I hate like right now they have training courses that we need to have done by mid June. One of them apparently takes about eight to 10 hours. Oof. And and I'm just like, I don't what, and it's all about like different banking regulations. And I'm just like, do I really need to know this? Mm. It's, it's rough. And there's like 12 to 20 hours of, of, of training materials I have to go through by June. Which I have to do every year, so I'm like, no, I'm not down for that. Hmm. Sean, anything you've done before that you'll never do again? Uh, I will never have two dogs again. No, <laughs> no. Aww, uh, I love having two dogs. I can't do it. It's I love yeah. I love my dogs. Both of them, Gary and Piper, are great. They're great dogs, and I love them. But it's just, it's so much more work having two of them. And it's just, it's just like slightly annoying all of the time. So I think having one is the, one is the perfect amount of dogs to have, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One. Yeah. So I think, I think, so that's something I will never do again. I'll never have more than one dog at a time because it's just, it's so much responsibility, Mm -hmm. but they, they do love each other. So it might be hard. I I say that now, but I also said I wouldn't have two dogs in the first place. And Mary just was yeah, like, "Look at this dog," and I was like, "Okay, we have two dogs now." Yeah, <laughs> it was surprise. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, it's the I'm the easiest. Just, it was the easiest argument anyone's ever had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I can get that. I uh, think after you said that, I'm just like, you know what? I don't think I'll ever have a puppy that's a large breeder or a medium breeder bigger ever again. Cause chase is just too much, too much of a handful. I like large breeds are work. Yeah. And, mm. and it's like, I, I got, I didn't get forced into the situation, but I ended up adopting him out of situations within the family. But I'm just like a puppy is a lot of work. And if I ever do end up going back to work and not working from home, his life's going to kind of suck. So mm-hmm. I don't want a puppy that's this big again. I'll get a puppy for like a corgi or something like that. Cause they're a little bit, they're couch potatoes, but not like for corgis like, corgis are not couch potatoes. No, but like, I, I feel less bad keeping a corgi in the house all day because he's smaller. So has more space to run around in than leaving a golden retriever in a house alone for eight hours a day. Death. Mm-hmm. I will never drink pinnacle cookie dough vodka <laughs> ever, ever again. <sighs> there was a there was a time. Uh, I uh, of course we we will we we play the antiques roadshow guessing game here on this program, and is a part partially inspired by my time playing the antiques roadshow drinking game uh, in Duquesne, which I previously said was the greatest decision I ever made was going there. <laughs> Uh, it, and this is one of the fruits of, of my labor there. 
but after college, uh, when when I was going back up to visit uh, my old college roommates in Pittsburgh, I'd bring up a bottle of vodka or a bottle of something, and we'd play the Antiques Roadshow drinking game while we were there. Uh, and usually I made a fairly decent decision, but one time I brought Pinnacle Cookie Dough Vodka, and it ended the night early for everyone. Uh <laughs> Like I, I had a friend of mine who went golfing the next day. First of all, I, I never had a, a greater hangover than I did the <laughs> next day after that. And secondly, uh, my my buddy who I who I played with the night before went golfing the next day, and he said he got he got uh, he vomited on the golf course, not from a hangover, but from food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> like he said, I wasn't hungover, but I threw up on the golf course. That fucking pinnacle cookie dough vodka. It's the worst thing I've ever drank. It's right, and, and I've and I've had some bad. I've had like Vladdy vodka. And uh, Dickle. And I've had Dickle and Popov and like just just the, the gamut of bad liquors. And I will never drink anything as bad as Pinnacle Cookie Dose. And I'll never drink it again. Wow. I, I kind of almost want to buy it now just to see how bad it is. It's awful. It tastes like it tastes like a really bad stale Chips Ahoy cookie. Um, and I think that's that's the best way I can put it. I truly cannot believe how we used to play the game. <laughs> I, could see, I could see like having like a glass of wine you have like a glass of wine you're like okay this is fun but it was shot it was so to briefly explain <laughs> it to the listeners what we do during the antiques roadshow guessing game here on this program uh which is guess you know how much an item is worth for every item that would come up whoever was the furthest away took a shot and whoever got it exactly right got to give out another half shot to whoever they wanted. Um, and we did this for a full hour long episode where they appraised like 25 items. <laughs> so and if you play so if you play with three people, on average you were doing eight to ten shots in an hour. Like it's incomprehensibly stupid. And yet here we are alive to this day. Uh, after having done it, so maybe that I'll never play. I'll never play the antique roadshow drinking game with hard liquor. Yeah, yeah, we've we've made some adjustments to the rules. If we ever do that again, it's like you take a sip of beer or something like. That. <laughs> oh, like uh, we did with the Mario Party drinking game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we made some. Yeah, the Mario Party <laughs> drinking game was also straight shots until we got out of college and we're like, what the fuck were we? Uh, we have jobs now. We can't do this. I'll I'll never play the Smash Bros drinking game. With Vince's brother Ryan ever again? Oh yeah, well, because Ryan didn't. When we played the anti, when we played the Smash drinking game, Ryan's brother wasn't of legal drinking age, right? It, no, he wasn't. And so it he was, just drank all of his life as alcohol. Well, yeah, so like it was me, you, Vince, and his brother. And uh, luckily, I didn't have to go home because I was the one who lost every match because mm-hmm. Ryan was not holding back. Yeah. A whole uh, lot of uh, Mike's hard, like raspberry lemonade, drank that night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I remember waking up midway through the night, feeling like I was gonna have to vomit. Luckily, I didn't, but I felt like I did. <laughs> Who would have thought on a drinking podcast that a lot of our worst decisions would be made in conjunction <laughs> with alcohol? Who knew? Uh, Tim, what is our next question? On sorry, I was trying to see how I can get a pinnacle cookie dough shipped to my house, and it's not working out so well. I think you probably um, make a deal with the devil. <laughs> Oh, that'll be easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question is, who is the most intelligent person you know, and why is it Sean? <laughs> <laughs> See, although Sean is one of the smartest people I know, my answer is my brother. 
Uh, it, oh yeah. First, yeah. the dude got a fucking PhD in chemistry, like chemical <laughs> engineering. Chemical engineering, like 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 the smartest guy I know, hardest working guy I know, and I I do believe that that discipline goes hand in hand with intelligence because it takes a a, a, modica, a certain level of intelligence to realize how hard you've got to work for something. He's genuinely smart, genuinely one of the hardest working people I've ever met, um, and always has a very interesting and like out of not out of left field, but like a different perspective on any subject that I have not considered before. Um, so he, he is the smartest person that I know genuinely. Um, and and wh- whether I'm talking about like sports, which he doesn't give a shit about uh, or music, I could talk about music for forever. And just in general, he's the most interesting person I know to talk to and is the smartest person that I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In spite of his absolutely incorrect uh, opinion on me and my melted cheese. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. That's that's this crowning achievement of accurateness. True. I, we we haven't had an Alex bash on Matt question in a while. I wonder what happened it's a to sad. this. <laughs> he's softened up. He's he's he, he got he's out of grad school. He's less surly uh, <laughs> from doing that. It's it's Ohio. That's what happened. He, yeah, he the, moved the, to... the Midwest just tempers you down. <laughs> Toads. Uh, Rich, who's the smartest person you know? Um, you know, I'm, I'm inclined to probably say Sean. I've, uh, I know a lot of really smart people, Sean, Mary, Jenna, your brother, uh, Alex, um, my buddy Shahed, who is a master in computer science. Um, I know quite a a lot of smart people and it makes me feel so dumb, but generally I think it's Sean. He's just. Yeah, you're just so eloquent and good with your words, and it just puts off this air of intelligence. Mm. That, like, <laughs> it's not actual intelligence; it's just the air of it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just to Ouch. me, I'm like you, you are just like st- like I'm like when I think about you, Sean. I'm just he's so smart. What's he doing with us? <laughs> <laughs> That's this is oh my god! I'm so flattered. <laughs> I see the smoke coming out from out of his ass. His ass is just blowing it up. <laughs> Uh, Tim is the smartest person that you know. Uh, so I I was trying to think of this question and how I wanted to answer it, uh, before I asked it, because I feel like, how do, how do you want to look at intelligence? Do you want to look at it in the sense of like in their area, in their field? Because there's a ton of people that I know that are super fucking knowledgeable about like real specific things. Or do you want to think like overall fields of knowledge? Or like emotional knowledge and all these other things, which is I, I made the joke of and why is it Sean when I asked it for a very obvious reason in that uh, I, Sean, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You, you are very eloquent, but it's not just the air of intelligence. You are a very intelligent individual. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and and Alex very much the same way, but it, like it, it's almost like it, as you narrow the scope of what they're intelligent on, like the height of that intelligence goes up. I, I, I don't know how to describe that, but it's like specific area knowledge goes up, but like you lose focus on some of the other things. And I, th- I, Sean to me has such a wide gambit of knowledge. He's got all the sports knowledge. He's got all the like historical English knowledge, random, like life world knowledge, emotional knowledge, and like attention to, um, 
the ever evolving landscape of just social responsibility and people and all of those things. And I, I think he embodies all of those things exceptionally well. Uh, but then I also know a dude who like smoked more than anyone I've ever met, but like is a computer fucking genius. Uh, so event, I, I am landing on Sean. Nice. Uh, just because I mean, it's Sean. This is it's wild because I was literally thinking about how dumb I am. Like the <laughs> other, like just like the uh, today, I was just like, I feel so stupid. And I, I think it's there's not to, not to be like I am very smart, but I think it's like when you get good at something, you you can like pick out how much better other people are than you. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's like I'm just aware of how little I know. Which is like which is like a smart person thing to hedge your bets basically to be like i don't know anything about anything just to be like yeah. i know a little bit about a lot it's like a robert <laughs> moore roger moore like the director was like all i know is how little i know and how to go from there like how yeah. to learn from that exactly. and to me that's smart that yeah. you know that yeah so that's um so now i have to think i have to think about who i think is so smart and i'm sean go with the upset see you <laughs> it's, it's it's me the smartest person i know hell yeah i i think so i was gonna i was gonna say mary because she is like a lot of the especially when it comes to like like the social justice kind of stuff and she just she knows so much about uh behaviorism it's just like blows my mind all the time but i think my actual answer is Brian Everett, who is Bodega Brian. Bodega Brian is maybe the most thoughtful person I've ever met in my life. And I think it was I was reading something that he wrote when I was like, I'm such a fucking idiot. When it was just like, it's just like he he is. I think he reminds me a lot of Alex in that it's just like there's he's just so thoughtful and like I'll read his opinions on things and I'm like it'll make me rethink things I thought I knew everything about you know what I mean so I think that's for me the how I gauge intelligence is if I can read something that you said and it makes me re- it doesn't have to make me change my position but if it makes me rethink it and cast a more critical eye on it uh it I think that's that's true that's true intelligence to me and Brian, so it's Brian Everett, also bilingual, super cool dude. Yeah. Um, just like I, he might be, he's probably the smartest person I know, and I don't even know him that well, but I just know he's so smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, every interaction we've had with him, like we, I've exchanged a couple, a few conversations with him on Twitter, and it's always like very like considered and thoughtful, and like he's he's a smart dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good stuff, dude. A lot of brainiacs around here on the. Uh, in and around the Brose podcast orbit, spouses, family members, people Sean. who own people <laughs> who co-hosts, people who own bodegas associated with the program. Uh, yeah. All right, Tim, let's wrap this bad boy up. What do we got next? I mean, at this point, it's no surprise. It's the Brose Road Show. The Road Show. Open addendum one. All right, everybody, as we alluded to, the Antiques Roadshow guessing game, we we take a look at a photo. Uh, we try to guess what the item is, what its function is, and how much it is worth. 
Uh, and depending on what happens, we all drink ourselves to death. Uh, <laughs> oh, as, boy. So, uh, Rich, what is this fine piece of work that we're looking at tonight? So this is seems to be a wood-carved um, horse head bust. Um, pretty, pretty damn old. It's, uh, it's, it's probably just the head. It, I don't think, I think it was like maybe something that would be, have been, uh, hung on a wall. Um, the teeth are kind of weird looking. No, that's the tongue. That's not the teeth. I was, I was going to say the the teeth look like horse teeth. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a horse. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is, it is a, uh, a wood carved, uh, horse head. Um, it's pretty big too. Mm-hmm. My first instinct, I, I see this is obviously just a portion of it. My first instinct with this is a part of like, like a carousel. Yeah. That's, that, a, that's yeah. what I think too. That's, that's what I thought. But if you look at the very bottom of the neck, it's clearly there, mounted to some sort of base. Right, but it, that does not necessarily mean it could not have been part of like, I don't know, the correct. original carousel. And now it's yeah. just put there. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I because 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 outside of that, I don't know what anybody else would have this thing for. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely reminiscent of a carousel horse uh, horse head. Yeah, like if anything, maybe just like the angle of the face looks a little weird for that. But like that's just me being finicky. Mm-hmm. But it is painted. Paint is clearly chipping away at old. Great, I have the hiccups. The only thing that looks like really cool on it is the eyes. The eyes are still like really yeah shiny yeah they yeah, pop. yeah. They, pop they might quick. be made out of like some sort of glass or uh plastic thing probably glass all right let's go around and say what we think the item is and how much it's worth sean let's start with you i'm gonna say is there a famous like carousel on coney island i'm gonna say it's a coney mm. island carousel like the original it's one of the original horses from that carousel yeah i don't know if there's a famous Carousel on Coney Island, but I'm gonna go with it, and I'm Not gonna say bet. it's worth. I don't know. It's just the head. Five thousand dollars. Yeah, the just the head is throwing me off. I also think it's part of. I, I don't know if it's on Coney Island, so yours is gonna be more specific than mine. I think I think it's from like the original carousel or like one of the first carousels as well, um, and I will say it's worth twenty five hundred because it's not complete. How about you, Tim? You motherfuckers. Uh, $25,000. I, I was about to say three, but now it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't think it's from Coney Island, but I also just have no idea where the fuck it would be from. And I'm also going to go with, it's not from a carousel, but I do think it's from some sort of, amusement park attraction of some kind it could be from like i don't know like what else goes up and down like that like those sean what'd you say five yeah i said five you fuck uh <laughs> fuck it i'll just say three and a half <laughs> because i i don't i don't think it's gonna be more than sean's which was why i was gonna go with three but now like you hit me with two five and i'm like yeah ah! I hit you with that two five. So I'll 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 split the difference three five. And Rich, so you guys are all wrong. What this is oh is um, a horse head from the original carousel from Disneyland that was taken and cut off from the from the the amusement park mafia and put in Walt Disney's 
bed mm-hmm. to prove to him that he doesn't run any sort of game mm-hmm. in the um in in the amusement park world, and that's where he started to buy property over in in Florida to open up Disney World instead of Disneyland. That's okay. what this is. Okay, Gene Person, simmer down. By the way, Julie <laughs> Andrews is gonna get that part, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna go over the five. I'm gonna say seventy five hundred. All right, uh, we got a, a a script here, a script for the Brose players. Why <laughs> I got a script here? Uh, who wants to be part of the Brose players this week? Oh I'll be God, I'll be people. the I'll be the guest. Alright. We're just gonna be the guest. I'm out because I'm giving a take after this. So Sean, it's all you. Alright, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Alright. Alright, so Sean's the appraiser. Rich is the guest. Action. My aunt passed away recently, and in the late seventies she came to visit me in Texas. And we went to an antique show and we saw this horse's head, but it was painted dark brown and someone had rubbed green all uh, over it. So she had it in her attic all these years, and I decided to strip it down. And when she when she passed away, I I wanted to see what kind of wood was underneath. Right. And when I stripped it, this was what was underneath. And I can't imagine anybody putting brown paint over this, but that's what was there when I stripped it off. Didn't you tell me they were asking seventy five dollars for it? Yes. She got them down to fifty. Fifty, she said. If you come back the third day of the show and nobody's bought it, I'll give you I'll I'll give it to you for fifty. And that's what she paid for it. Wow, the way they made these things. Uh-huh. Was they made them of course it's carved out of wood. Yes. And you can see that several different pieces of wood laminated together here. Yes, I saw. And this is the head off a carousel figure. Carousel? The thing that makes it so wonderful is the details in the carving, like this really nice flowing mane. I love the open mouth. And in horse talk, he's he's shortened the tooth, so he's still pretty young. Oh, is that what that? Oh, okay. I didn't know that's what it meant. And you got glass eyes and jewels here, but this was made during the peak time of production, especially in the Philadelphia area. Uh-huh. Probably 1890 to 1910, somewhere in that time period. Oh. The further they got in their production, the more demand there was for the figures. As the carvers aged and there weren't people coming in with the same level of skill, then the quality level of what they were doing dropped. Oh, oh, I see. That's why I say this is from the golden time. I know you're not a professional restoration person. No. But the quality of the job that you did taking this overpaint off is amazing. You saved all this carlicure. Car crackular. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, you, you must have done it painstakingly slow a little bit at a time. I did. Yes, I did. You know, the thing that always draws us into objects uh-huh. is quality and eye appeal. Yes. And in, in the case of folk art and things like that, surface, I bounce this off my colleagues and we feel very comfortable. Uh-huh. This would sell for two dollars or $3,000. Without a doubt. Oh, <laughs> without a doubt. Without, oh, Oh, that was... Oops. <laughs> You're fucking up. It was split up to appraiser, yeah. appraiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Without a doubt. Oh, well, I... Oh, well, I'm... I'm thrilled. I think it's so pretty. I think he's wonderful. And scene. So they left out the part about the 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 amusement park mafia. Yeah. <laughs> 
They That's must what have. it is. They also, did. I, I did not know that the original Disneyland was going to be in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, they it were was building this weird. Thing. It was produced in Philadelphia. It wasn't going to be in Philadelphia. Sure. Okay. All I know is that I won. <laughs> Uh, you did. And t- Tim, you did. Tim, you got scared off. You got scared off by the 2500. You could have been in the range, too. <sighs> I did. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> That's okay, Tim. I'll give you a half drink you can give out to whoever you want. Okay, I give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good stuff. That is all that we have for this envelope of questions. If you, if you gentlemen would indulge me, um, I do have a take. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's relatively timely, uh, cause we're right in the middle of triple crown season right now. Speaking of horses, um, the Kentucky Derby was earlier today. We're recording this on May 1st. Uh, if, by the time you're hearing this, the, uh, the Preakness will be upcoming. Um, it's, so we're, we're in the middle of triple crown season. It seemed like as good a time as any to remind you all that horse racing is unequivocally the dumbest form of entertainment <laughs> that we still have in the 21st century. Uh, any complaint you can levy at NASCAR applies to horse racing, except it's slower. Uh, you get seven or eight horses. They run around grass and dirt for two minutes, galloping like a bunch of idiots uh, and exclusively making left-handed turns until the race ends. Some of the horses are brown. Some of them are black. All of them are covered in dirt. They're all the same. And I'm not just talking about the, the Derby or the Preakness or the Belmont Stakes, the big races for the Triple Derby, uh, the triple Crown. Your average day at Schmucky's Racetrack is just the same exact thing, but repeated eight times during the day over the course of four to five hours, with huge breaks in between for, for you to turn to your buddies and say, yep, those were some horses, all right. If you've ever heard anyone talk up or defend horse racing, whether it's the Triple Crown or just a day at the races with your friends, the conversation almost certainly centers around something unrelated to the the race. It's got such great history. We've been racing horses since the days of the ancient Greeks and the chariots. Uh, yeah, and we're not tired of it yet? I mean, where's, where's the triple crown of hoop rolling then if we're so goddamn committed to these old traditions? Well, I like the pageantry. I like the fancy outfits. Well, then start banging on Alexander McQueen's doors and demanding them for yourself. I want to see runways full of Kentucky Derby garb. When I get back into the office after this pandemic's over, I want to see conference rooms packed with big floppy Southern Belle hats and dresses if we're going to keep horse racing around for the outfits. Well, I like the horse's funny names. Get a dog and name it Soup and Sandwich then if you want. <laughs> like, just, just name it something stupid if that's what you're interested in. I like betting on the races. As previously, I've rallied against on this program. You can bet on everything now. And there, if the floodgates are open, give it a few months, and I guarantee you, there will be a website that lets you wager on whether or not Tim's going to do the Mickey Mouse voice on this podcast. You don't need horse racing if you want to get your gambling fix in. But, but Matt, it's a good reason to get together with friends. A day of the races. Just me and the guys or me and the girls. I'm sorry, were we hurting for excuses to spend a day getting plastered with our buddies? Like, are we... <laughs> We just lost basically every professional sport on the planet last year for about four months, not to mention access to nearly every public place that you can gather at. And yet somehow I still dug deep, soldiered through, and found a way to keep getting together with my friends through the magic of technology with the united goal of drinking ourselves to oblivion. And if we can come up with an excuse to get to party then, we certainly can do so without the aid of something objectively boring like horse racing. And, and as a side note here, as a rule for any activity, you can drink, quote unquote, and you can gamble, unquote unquote, are not good reasons to like any activity. 
It's like telling somebody about a food or a meal that you like and going, well, you really have to try it with bacon. Well, of course it's going to be better. It's bacon. Bacon has the highest floor of any activity on, of any food on the planet. It's just fatty pork. It's distilled indulgence. It's exclusively stuff that tastes good and is terrible for you, just like gambling and drinking. It's that says nothing about the thing it's wrapped in or laid in or crumbled on. Same goes with drinking or gambling. You can do that anywhere. You don't need horse racing for it. Once in the blue moon, you will hear somebody defend horse racing on its merits. Look how incredible these horses are. How fast, how athletic, how majestic. You know where else horses can be fast, athletic, and majestic? Out on the prairie, out in the <laughs> desert, out in the mountains, where they belong. This is, of course, not even, I'm not even going to get into the countless horror stories of horses and jockeys getting injured in races, horses in the U.S. getting pumped full of drugs that even the rest of the world is going, nah, we're not touching that. Horses... Horses' skeletons are not considered typically fully grown until they're four years old. You know how old you have to be to run in any Triple Crown race? Three years old. What the fuck? Like, we're doing this intentionally before they are fully formed and grown. Uh, I don't want to focus on those reasons, because likely, if you enjoy horse racing, you probably, you're probably like me with professional football, where you've accepted a certain level of cognitive dissonance to continue enjoying the sport, because I don't even want to necessarily burden you with these ethical implications of a sport that is predominantly rich assholes owning animals as a luxury or an investment, while poor people bet on them and lose money on it. I don't even want to burden you. Instead, I want to make sure that you're aware that the sport you are crossing this ethical boundary for is a waste of time. We have a long-standing tenet here on the Brose Podcast, and I'm aware of it, of don't yuck my yum. But the thing is, try as I might, I simply, and try as, as research as I might, I simply cannot find any yum to yuck here. And in horse racing, it's dumb, it's boring, and it's stupid, and it's shrouded in, and, and it's shrouded in mildly interesting window dressing to distract you from how dumb, boring, and stupid it is. Enjoy your mint juleps, jabronis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will cheers to that if I uh, had any wine in my glass. Um, if your sport revolves around um, if someone gets injured, they have to die immediately, then your sport shouldn't be a sport. Yeah, man. That's why I don't watch the NHL anymore. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love uh, how Matt yeah, still worked in the uh, like sports betting that I yeah. made a joke about before the show started, and still part of it. No, I was like, I no, no, Tim, there's no. I'm not going to talk about sports betting. Why again. Would I bring that up? <laughs> no, and I maintain that. Like, listen, there's so many things you can drink and gamble on. You don't need it to be something stupid like this. They, uh, like we said three weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, whatever it is. Like they, there's sports betting for online gaming, like. You, you don't need horse races anymore. No. You know what? Have no. online horse races. There you go. <laughs> they have that at Delaware Park. You can bet they on do. virtual horses, which is what? <laughs> yeah. It's the same shit. Like, you don't, you don't know. You don't know what any of these horses. That's why they have handicappers for these things. Because you don't know shit about any of these horses. Like, you, just, <laughs> like, you don't know anything. You You've never, bet on never virtual horses. met these horses. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ever gotten to know them personally? <laughs> yeah, they got a lot going on. They're not yeah. fully grown yet. They're teens. They're not. They're teenagers. They're moody. My daddy's spittoon is my favorite horse. We've been hanging out every Jesus weekend. Christ. I do enjoy one of my favorite. Uh, the, the one thing I did enjoy about it was uh, right around Derby time. One of my, my favorite uh, sports broadcasters, Dave Damashek, would uh, would discuss his the only thing that he would pay attention to when in terms of, of betting on the Kentucky Derby was uh, he had a, a long standing rule that was uh, 
It was called Good for the Stang, Good for the Wang, which is if the horse had a name, that sounded like it would also be a good name for your dick. He was putting money on it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that rule. Yeah. It's the only modicum of enjoyment I've gotten out of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, if people want to see more of my horse racing takes on Twitter, you can find me at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. What about you, Tim? At Tim R. Hansen. How about you, Sean? At Hey, it's SOB. And you, Rich? At B underscore Walnuts. Our podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. Uh, you can listen to our show anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Huge thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien, who compiles our questions. Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. You can find her work at etsy.com or at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook. That's V-O-G-E-L. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to his work at the free music archive. It's plugs time, everyone. Rich, let's start with you. What's going on at PodQuest? Uh, check out PodQuest, Nerdy Roundtable, where we talk about that week's nerd news and stuff. Um, I, I It's two weeks away, so I don't really know if any news or anything's going to happen. Uh, but I will be watching uh, Godzilla Final Wars. Guys, there's only like four more movies after this. Don't worry. Um, Godzilla Final Wars, it's the 50th anniversary of Godzilla. He fights every monster he's ever fought. I'm so excited for it. The Royal Rumble of Godzillas. <laughs> yeah. He, Last he, one standing. He fights 1998's American Godzilla named Zilla in that. He throws him into the Sydney Opera House and blows him up. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Sean, what about your Frisbees? Uh, you want to see me throw some Frisbees? Uh, it's OB Disc Golf everywhere except Instagram, where it is OB underscore Disc Golf. They fly through the air. They do. Whoosh. Whoosh. All right, and Tim, talk to me about our friends at the Person and Person podcast. Uh, Greg and Gene, they're uh, some great anchor persons. Uh, sorry, I just assumed you were going to do this bit, so I was not prepared. Oh, uh, sorry, no, no. This well, is this a, a new show for people who hate new shows by yeah. people who hate new shows. Need some random sport you didn't know existed in your life? Boom. Greg's got gotcha. you. You need some food crime? Greg's got gotcha. you. You need some other random thing that probably is more funny, but uh, less weird, but may involve mushrooms? Uh, Gene's got gotcha. you. Great show. Really funny. Hilarious puns. Be a Tim, uh, which is what all of the audience members are called after you use truly. And uh, go listen to the person in person podcast. What a coup it's been that we managed to get their whole <laughs> podcast fan base named after you. Uh, <laughs> uh, person and person.com. Uh, I believe it's just person and person.com. But either way, you can find the person and person podcast anywhere we're fine podcasts are bought and sold. And Tim, uh, at the time people are listening to this, it's just been a couple of days when you destroyed your stomach with hot sauce. Uh, if people missed that, but they still want to donate, can they do it? Totes. Uh, so at this point, I well, when you hear this, but definitely not when I'm recording this, I'm assuming my colon is still on fire uh, from the various hot sauces consumed. For everyone who tuned in to me and Dave's uh, streaming of the Hot Wing Challenge for the Getting saucy with Parker B for tuberous sclerosis complex research. Um, thank you. Also, 
thank you for making me do insert dumb thing here for money uh for a good cause appreciate it somebody but clip that all, off yeah <laughs> all month long there are going to be a ton of shows so even if you missed ours or if you want to hop into any of the other ones uh please find links for getting saucy with parker b uh, I will send them out on my 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 social meds. Uh, give them to the Brose podcast to put those things out. So find them on my Twitter, on my Facebooks, if you happen to know me and all that jazz. Atta boy, atta boy. All right, guys, say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Goodbye. Bye. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moose team. This episode's already like an hour and a half long. My name is Matt Matt Kesno, reminding you all that this is the last episode of the Brose Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And to be smart about being stupid.